You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. Thank you, Lord. We connect with you this morning. We respond to your greatness. No matter how we feel, no matter what circumstances, you are still on your throne and you are still in control. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you for the testimonies represented this morning. I'd like to just transition us before the message into a time of prayer. We've been praying uh, since the beginning of October uh, for our nation, for our church, for our officials and government, and we have a very big day coming Tuesday. Many of you have already uh, let your voice be known and uh, voted. Uh, Many of you are waiting to go to the polls. So what we want to do is we just want to seek the Lord with reverence, but also desperation because the further and further and further away our nation gets from recognizing God as Lord, the more destruction we're going to see in our communities and in our nation. And so however you need to get in a reverent posture, whether it's sitting, whether it's standing with your hands lifted high, or if you're going to kneel like I'm going to kneel, we need to get right with the Lord in prayer. So let's go to the Father. God, because you loved us so much, you sent your only son. You tell us in Hebrews 10, because of what you did on the cross. You took the penalty, not just the penalty of our sin, you took the judgment and the wrath of your father. The wrath that only we deserve. And you took it on your shoulders, Jesus, because the joy of knowing that you would restore your children to your father. How incredible is that? And so we can come boldly before you right now. We can come boldly before you because Jesus is our Savior. And God, we ask you to save our nation. Nothing's impossible to the one who believes. With God, all things are possible. And we just ask for your mercy, God. No matter what happens on Tuesday, we know that you are fully in control. You hold us together. And God, forgive us for living lives that acknowledge you as not in control. Our country, Father, has gotten away from putting you in the control, the throne of authority over all things. And we've looked to the world. We've looked to man for control and authority and guidance that only you can give. And so, God, forgive us. Forgive us for our personal sin, God. Forgive us for the ways that we have rebelled against you and sinned against you, God. Forgive us. That's why we boldly come to you, God. Our Heavenly Father, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, no matter what happens in this election. We pray your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. God, give us what we need, not what we think we need or what we want. Give us what we need for life and godliness. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. God, unforgiveness steals so much from our souls and our relationship with you convict us of any unforgiveness that we need to lay down at the cross. Lead us not into temptation, but God, would you deliver us from the evil one through the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We still ourselves before you. We acknowledge that all the glory belongs to you, God. And now I pray that these next 30 minutes or so would be you speaking 
to our hearts. Do heart surgery this morning, God. May we not be here for simple, just information. We want transformation, God. Transform our hearts into you. Take my words, God, and just fill my mouth with your spirit and your words. Get me out of the way. Less of me and more of you, God. I believe you have a fresh word, and I believe you're healing hearts and bodies as we seek your face. And we pray this all in the precious, awesome, powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We uh, took a break from longer series. We did the kingdom voting, and next week we're going to start a series that I'm really excited about, and it's called Everyday Disciple. We're going to look at the calling of one who follows Jesus. We have a purpose, and Jesus, before he went to heaven, after resurrection, he gave us commandments, a command, the greatest commandment, to go into the world, to follow Jesus and be his disciples. We need to figure out what that looks like so we can imitate that and replicate that, and then we're called to make disciples. We as a church are called to make disciples. So many Christians and even churches have gotten away from this. And so the American church, sadly, is in decline. And I believe it's because we've gotten away from the design of what we were called to be, disciples making disciples. But today we're going to finish what we started last Sunday, which is connected to worship. We're just going to prime the pump and just kind of do some heart surgery this morning on what it means to live a life of worship, to live a life of worship. Last week, we, we looked at the model of marriage that truly reflects the heart of God for relationship with his children. We saw last week that Jesus in the Bible, he's referred to as the bridegroom. He came to prepare the bride for the wedding feast. We are the bride. He came, laid down his life to make us spotless and blameless and pure as every bride should be. And one day, the skies are going to split and the wedding uh, aisle runner is going to come through the eastern sky and Jesus, the, the bridegroom, is going to come and take his bride home with him. And the rest who remains, the rest who remains, shall I say, will face destruction. That's, that's not for us necessarily to worry about if we are in Christ. And so God just doesn't want us to find him just like a bride finds the groom. He wants us to become married in a sense, not the earthly marriage, but a covenant relationship and a commitment to Jesus, just like we would be to a spouse. You see, marriage, relationship, a covenant relationship takes commitment. It takes time. It takes collaboration. It takes presence. And Jesus wants us to engage with him constantly so that we begin to look like him, talk like him, and act like him. That's the word we discovered last Sunday, sanctification is to grow and look more and more like Jesus. The only way you can do that is not just find Jesus and tell everyone you're a Christian, but to actually live life with Jesus inside of you, dwelling inside of you. That's called Holy Spirit. The power, the presence of God in you. That's the ring that's the ceiling of the, the wedding faith in Christ that we have. But today, we are going to focus on a principle of worship that is absolutely essential to every believer worshiping God. But first, I'd like to define worship for us, and then we're going to, going to uncover the theme or the principle that is essential to worship. Let's, let's go to the definition here. In worship, 
we bring to sacrifice. Worship costs something. Worship is not where you just show up and you get a free meal. Worship costs you something. What does it cost you? It brings all that you are, all that you have. Through worship, we become aware of God's greatness and unchanging nature. As God is revealed to us, we are convicted of sin. We move towards confession of our sins and experience forgiveness. Through communion with God in worship, we are reprogrammed and our short circuits are properly refigured and realigned. That's worship. Responding to God's greatness in the context of relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. During our renovations in August, I lost my brand new iPhone 11. So it's either in the trash in a landfill somewhere or it's behind some of these drywall pieces (laughs) hung up. (laughs) We just can't find it. And uh, the battery's gone. It's dead. We can't track it. So after a couple weeks of looking, hours upon hours upon hours, poor staff, I had them looking everywhere, I got a replacement. Not cheap at all, but I got a replacement. The cool thing was, I get it in the mail, and it's fully charged, ready to go. All I have to do is turn it on and activate it. It was awesome. It took me about three minutes to set up my phone. But then, two days later, I I really don't understand, but it just shut down. The phone just shut down. I couldn't turn it back on. I couldn't get it working. It was just useless and dead. So I called my phone company, and I said, the phone you gave me is defective. It doesn't work. It lasted two days, and now it's shut down. The person says, "Um, Mr. Nelson, have you uh, charged it? No? You might want to take that charger that came in the box with your phone and plug it into your phone. So I plugged the charger cable into the phone. Day later, still nothing. Still nothing. I couldn't believe it. It had to be defective. So I called again. I'm making this up, by the way. Um, Not losing the phone, but of course I didn't call them and say, hey, you know what, I'm so sorry, but the phone still isn't working. I plugged the charger cord into the phone, and it's not working. Did you plug it into the power source? Can you imagine if I didn't do that and expected a return or a reimbursement? And so often, you know, we as Christians, we know we're created to worship. Jesus even said, if you don't worship, if people, my people don't worship, the rocks are going to cry out. The mountains, the hills, and the valleys, and the trees of the fields will cry out. But we, as human beings, are created to be in the image of God. We have something that all of creation doesn't have. Relationship. Able to worship because he lives in us. But we have a problem. We don't plug in to the power source. And so that's the theme for today, that we're just going to really focus on that one theme, is have you plugged in? We plug into so many other things, and so often we think we're plugging into God, but we have forgot how to plug into the power source. We've plugged the charger cord in the phone. We go to church, we turn on our radio, we open our Bible, we, we plug the charger into the phone, but we forget to plug in to the power source. The Word of God is only as powerful as you plug into it. You can read it, but if it's not surged with the electricity and the power of the Holy Spirit to bring life and conviction, 
then you're not really plugging into the source. And so I just, I want to send that plea out to you today. Because it is a very simple concept. I mean, would you all agree that worship, responding to God's greatness, is all about plugging our lives into God, right? That's a simple concept, is it not? It's pretty simple. I think our kids can get it. So we can get it. But we don't do it. So a simple concept is not happening in the life of a believer. Church, we got to fix that. We got to fix that. Because if we really want to experience God and experience the life and the hope, and if we're to carry out to be disciples and making other disciples and being billboards for Jesus, guys, we got to plug in to the power source. We've got to figure this out. And everything else that we're plugging into that is not bringing the life of Christ in us, we've got to fix that. In worship, we bring all that we are, but that's not enough. Through worship, responding in relationship with Christ, not just actions. Worship without plugging in is just religious activity. So through worship, connecting with God, bringing all that we have, we become aware of God's greatness and unchanging nature. As God revealed to us, we are convicted of sin, moved to confess our sins and experience forgiveness. Through communion with God, we did last week. We are reprogrammed. It's not just information. Worship is transformation. We are reprogrammed and our short circuits are properly refigured and realigned. Jesus talks about this all over in the Gospels. And one of his most famous teachings is found in John 15. He talks literally and exactly about what it looks like to plug in to the heart of God. He says this. Remain in me. What's that mean? Don't unplug. Don't move this thing from the life source, the power source. Keep it in the outlet. Stay where you are in God's presence. Don't leave. Remain. Abide. In me, and I will remain in you. That's a promise that Jesus is saying, I will remain in you. The disciples could not figure it out because he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. They're saying, But if you're going to remain with me, Jesus, how, how can you leave and still be with me? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. But they didn't know it at that time. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. You see, a Christian can only go so long unplugged from the presence of God until we shut down. And we wonder why nothing spiritual is happening in our lives. We wonder why prayer requests aren't happening. We wonder why we don't sense God anymore. We wonder why we're feeling empty and we're, we're so prone to wander and fall into temptation. Jesus says, you unplugged yourself from my presence. What do you think's gonna happen? Yes, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them, read this with me, will produce. Let's do it again. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Let's do it one more time so everyone has the opportunity to join. Those who remain in me and I in them will for apart from me, read these four words, you can do. You see, so often when I forget what it means to live a life of worship plugged into the presence of God and I unplug 
I can do absolutely no spiritual thing without being plugged into the power source of God. And we are called as spiritual beings placed in a human body to do supernatural things through the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. But if we don't plug into that, guys, we're just relying on the things that the world gives us, our own personal strength. We know that that doesn't last. You see, if we see worship as just doing things for God and giving him sacrifices, giving our tithe, giving him our time, showing up to an event and serving. This is all great. Anyone can do it. Coming to Sunday service. Don't miss a Sunday service. So I'm worshiping by doing and giving sacrifice. You see, if we think that's worship, we will miss the treasure hidden inside of worship because we, have, we would have unplugged from the presence of God, and we become these religious robots going through the motions but having no spiritual life inside of you. Luke, warm. In Revelation, Jesus says, I want to spit you out of my mouth. When you're unplugged from my presence and your device is shut down, we become useless to the kingdom of God. But his mercies and his grace and his salvation is constantly there for us. But we have to wake up and we have to plug in to the source. God didn't call us human doings. He called us human beings. We were called to be the image of God. We can only be the image of God by plugging in to God himself. His word, the person of Christ, and the model of the life that he lived, and the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, going through motions shows God that you don't understand worship. And in Psalms 51, I love how the message version says it. It's a paraphrased version, but I love the perspective it gives. It says this, going through the motions doesn't please you, God. This is from David, King David. A flawless performance is nothing to you. I learned God worship. I love that. God worship, worth-ship, giving worth to God, the only one who deserves the worth I learned God worship when my pride was shattered. By the way, you cannot worship God and have any ounce of pride within you because then you kick God off the throne of your heart. There's only one throne in your life and you put yourself on it. How's that working for you? So a lot of times, many of us, and I included, have to be shattered. How are we shattered? A lot of times, we're dropped, and we break. We hit rock bottom. We understand that, look, there's one God, and it's not me. I can't do this anymore. And God says, exactly. I already paid it in full. Just plug in to me and let my life flow in, through, and out of you. Heart-shattered lives, ready for love. Don't for a moment escape God's notice. You cannot accomplish your design to worship God without being plugged in to the life source, the heart of the Father the life and person of Jesus and the power of the Spirit and the power of the living Word of God and the power of fellowshipping and living life with other people who are filled with God's presence, His Spirit. We have to stay plugged in, friends. A dying, dead world 
is looking to the church to see if there's any life. And sadly, so often, they come away with the conclusion that they're just the same as everyone else. That's not what Jesus died for. He died to give us life. But you can't have life when you go unplugged all week long and then come to church and hook up your battery to the front of this altar stage, charge up and go through life the rest of the week without connecting with God? It doesn't make sense, but we do it all the time, right? So if this really is simple, and Jesus said it's simple, just stay and abide and remain in me. I have all you will ever need. I am the way, the truth, the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. All we have to do is remain. That's simple. But why don't we do it? Let's just be honest with ourselves. There are barriers that we have allowed to be built into our lives that keep us from plugging in moment by moment by moment into the heart of God. You don't need to go to church to plug in. You don't need to listen to the radio to plug in. You don't even have to open the Bible to plug in. God with us. He's with you. He's in you. Let's look at a few barriers. I may not mention a barrier that you're struggling with, but let's see if uh, any of these you can relate to. Number one, barrier, number one, is God is no longer first place in your life. Guys, when he's no longer first place, your charger gets lost and your device will shut down because you have put something else. You're drawing energy and power from something that was never created to give you that. God's no longer first place in your life. Can I, can I say this? I just feel compelled to say this. A lot of times, blessings that God gives us and that we pray for become barriers. Blessings. How so? Well, we make the blessing first place. God blesses us with kids. So often, mom and dad, and it's easy to do. We make our kids in the place of God that they were never created to fulfill. We take our spouse. Yes, they're supposed to be our lover. They're supposed to be our best friend, companion. Yes, you don't want to live life without them. I get that. But your wife, men, were never designed or created to fulfill you and complete you and be that person that fills that throne of your heart. That's why a lot of marriages fall apart is the spouse is looking to the other spouse to complete them and fulfill them that only God can do that. What has taken first place in your life that has allowed you to unplug from the power source of God? Number two, the unimportant. It's amazing to me when I just take a moment to stop and I take an inventory of everything that I think is important. And maybe one out of a list of 25 things that I make important are really important. Someone in our large group on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. We'd love for you to join us. Um, I can't remember who it was. But they said something that was very powerful. They said, you know, since we've been going through these last three weeks in the book of Romans, they said, I'm starting to see that the things that I always thought mattered and were important, they don't matter anymore. In the light of understanding salvation and the grace that Christ paid to give us, 
the things that really don't matter, they really shouldn't cause us to get offended anymore. But yet, when we unplug from the presence of God, we make things that are unimportant, we make them so important in our lives. And it drives us to respond. It drives us to have the wrong identity. The only thing that really is important in our lives should be Jesus Christ who died for us and living a life that pleases him. That's what should be important. But so often, we set up barriers when we unplug from our purpose that was designed in the first place. Third barrier, our feelings. Is God a God of feelings? Absolutely. He created emotions. He is an emotional God. He's not a stoic God as some are trained up to belief. But feelings were never made to be Lord of our lives. Teens, you have a lot of feelings going on right now. They're not all true. And they don't define you. You have to learn to ground yourself being plugged into God's word and what God says about you rather than let your feelings dictate who you are. Well, I don't feel like worshiping. Some of you just came out of the car in the parking lot from a fight with your spouse or your kids. Well, I'm not going to worship. I'm just going to stand here. I'm, I'm in a bad mood. Right? We unplug immediately. Plugging in in worship to God's heart has nothing to do about feelings. It actually has nothing to do with you. It's all about God. It's all about him aligning yourself to him. You know, a lot of times our feelings drive us to push away what's really important. We say yes to the wrong things and no to the best because of our feelings. Be careful because feelings, if not guarded by the Spirit, if not grounded in the Word, will lead you to unplug from the presence of God. And you can't go long <laughs> on a charged battery without plugging back in. Next barrier. Not knowing what or how. Many of us have never been taught Many of us just don't know what it looks like to plug in. Can I encourage you? I'm going to give you a couple applications and a couple encouraging steps. But can I encourage you to learn your Bible on your own? Literally, go to Google and put in scriptures on worship. You'll be amazed how many scriptures in the Word of God on worship. Start looking at the word for help on how you're to plug in because the stakes are high. If you don't learn and you don't make intentional steps to plug in, you will shut down. Some of you are in that shutdown mode right now. Got to plug back in. Got to plug back in. Technology is a wonderful thing, but it can become a barrier. It can become a barrier to worship and plugging in. How much mindless hours go into scrolling on this phone? Just a thought. So, what do we do? How do we plug in? Well, I want to give you four very quick steps of what plugging in to the presence of God through worship brings in your life. And then we're going to look at just a couple applications. Number one is new strength. How many of you in your life need new strength? 
Now, here's the thing. We're not talking about physical, human, mental, emotional strength. We're talking about the supernatural strength that raised Jesus from the dead that lives in every believer. But so often we don't activate the device. We don't walk in the ways of the Spirit. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you and you will bear much fruit. What does that mean? It means the fruit of the Spirit. You're plugged into the power source. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love. Jesus said, by your love for one another, people will know you belong to me. You want to be light? If you're plugging into the love of Christ, friends, you will show love. Not because you muster it up. It's not behavioral modification. It is spiritual transformation. Hello. It's not behavioral modification. It's spiritual transformation by experiencing the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ but you got to plug in. New strength. We need strength every day. We put our feet on the floor from our bed. Isaiah 40, I love this scripture. It says, but those who, what? Trust. Those who trust in the Lord, meaning they have placed him on the throne of their lives and they trust him to keep them in control. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Some of you are saying, oh, man, I need that. Plug in. He's got it. He's got more than you will ever need of strength, endurance, power, patience. What are you plugging in to find your strength? Because if it's anything but the power source of God, what you plug into is what you get. Next. Number two. Stillness. When you plug in, you experience a stillness that brings peace. I love it in Philippians 4, 6, one of my favorite uh, scriptures because I struggled growing up with anxiety big time. It controlled me. Not anymore. Why? As I learned to plug in. Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious anymore. Don't plug into the things that are bringing you anxiety. What do we plug into that brings anxiety? Control. We want control. So we plug ourselves in to control. And we always find ourselves with anxiety. Paul tells us, don't be anxious, but plug into prayer with God. Plug into the source and supply. And the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Guys, is this as simple as that? But we got to plug in. Look at Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. Psalms 37. Be still in the presence of God. When's the last time you've been still? And allow God to just be God in your life. This is how we recharge. I used to be horrible at being still. I'm getting better. I'm not there, but I'm getting better. It's because I realize when I don't plug in, my peace goes out the window as fast as you can say the words. Hmm, thank you, Lord. Number three, discernment that guides. When we plug in, to the power source, he gives us discernment. What does that mean? It means like a deep understanding. Let's, not, let's take away deep. How about divine understanding that only comes from the divine inspiration of Scripture but the Holy Spirit bringing understanding? When we plug in, God literally has everything we need for life and godliness. He has it. He wants 
us to have it. But we have to plug in. Psalms 32 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Jeremiah 29, 12 says, If you seek the face of the Lord with all your heart, sincerely and genuinely, you will be found by him. You have to plug in. What are you seeking? In the decisions that guide you, especially during COVID, and especially with the unknown, with school, mom and dad, where are you going for discernment and understanding? with decisions of your finances, decisions of how to parent, your marriage, what to do, how to serve one another. You have to be plugged in if you want to respond in a way that God honors. Number four, rest that restores. Some of you are exhausted. Some of you are burnt out. Some of you have been shut down for way too long. That's got to change. And it can through the power of God. But guys, you have to plug in. And that means you have to unplug from the temporary worldly systems that you've been plugged into. Yeah, it's called change. We don't like change. Rest. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But we have to come to Jesus. We have to drop what we are doing and the load that we are carrying and the things that are drawing our attention that are unimportant. We have to drop them for something way better. Our kids are watching, mom and dad. They're watching what you plug into. Rest is needed. Let God teach you and bring you rest, but you have to stop in order to rest. Stop and plug in for a while. So what do we do? What do we do? If this is such a simple concept, but you do not see yourselves plugging in in every moment of every day, what do we do? We change our habits. There's very few people probably sitting in this room that absolutely love working out. If you do, you are crazy. Most people don't like it, but they still do it. Why? Because the benefits outweigh the activity. We as Christians need to start understanding the benefits of plugging in will outweigh the discipline it takes to enter into worship. <sighs> Guys, this is good stuff because God is revealing it through his word. It's what we were created and designed to do. So we need to plug back in whenever you are reminded of your battery level. Whenever you're reminded that you're worn out or that you're trying to do something in your own strength, you, need to, you really need to start learning those warning signals that cause you to say, hey, it's time to plug in. Let me give you an example. There is an acronym called HALT, H-A-L-T, H. A-L-T. Whenever any of these four items happen in your life, you need to halt and plug in. Number one, when you're hungry. My wife is smiling right now because she knows when I get hungry, I get hangry. I get cranky. And a uh, while back, we thought it was my blood sugars, but I guess it was heavy metal poisoning. I don't even listen to that music. But anyways, um, some of you got that. Um, my blood sugars would get so messed up to where Lauren would have to pack in her bag some snacks, like a little kid or something. And so when I started getting cranky, showing signs of hunger, she'd start shoving food in my face. And it worked. 
when we're hungry and we're shopping, everything looks good, right? When we're hungry, we focus on the hunger and nothing else. So H, hungry. A, when you're angry, nothing good is produced from operating in anger. When you're angry, it's time to stop and plug in before you do something very stupid or say something that is going to create more mess to, to, to deal with. The L is when you're lonely. We pursue so much stuff of the world when we're lonely to fill that void. Some of you look to other people to fill that lonely void that only brings destruction. And the T is when you're tired. When you're tired, you do not have the physical or mental energy to withstand temptation and what the devil brings to lure you. So here's some warning signs. When you're hungry, when you're angry, when you're lonely, when you're tired, halt. Plug back in. Be still and know that he is God. Don't just plug in on Sundays, friends. Don't plug in just on Sundays. That's got to change. You got to change your habits. What are you listening to? Someone came up to me after first service and said, you know what? For years, I listened to rap, all kinds of rap. And she said, I would pray on my way to work and have such awesome worship time. And then I would listen to secular rap all day. And I wondered why I was completely empty and discouraged every day. Let me tell you something. Look, my wife gave me permission, but she doesn't want me to brag on her. But I, I need to because she put a lot of work into creating new habits. You see, being a mom of two young kids and working full time, she doesn't have much extra time. And so she was finding herself empty in worship. And so one day, driving to work with her radio on, God said, turn your radio off. You've got 30 minutes till you get to work to just be with me. That was two years ago. I don't think she's missed a morning. And the results are transformational. It was hard at first. But you have to be intentional and discipline yourself. Do you have someone in your life holding you accountable to plug in? Are you in a small group? If you're not, Wednesday night's your night. For the next seven weeks, I believe, come at 7 o'clock, plug in. We have Christian radio stations. Plug in. Memorize a scripture and plug into that. Man, there's so much at stake, friends. Simple concept. But you have the choice to plug in or not. As the band comes up, I just want to share with you the lyrics in closing to a song written about 18 years ago by Stephen Curtis Chapman. And I think it really brings us to the understanding of what it means to plug in and worship. It goes like this. When I'm praying with my children as they're running off to school, when I kiss my wife good morning just to say I still love you, when I'm feeling love and happy, when I'm feeling all alone, when I'm failing to remember all the love that I've been shown, every single beat of my heart is another new place to start to know that this is a moment made for worshiping. Because this moment, I'm alive. And this is a moment made to sing a song of living sacrifice. For every moment that you live and breathe, it is a moment made for worshiping. Plug in. Plug in. Do what you need to do to stay connected and plugged into the power source. Let me pray for you. God, 
thank you for what you're doing in our lives. It's not our desire, God, to go throughout the week not connected with you and not plugged in. And we're so sorry for that, God. But some of us just don't know. We haven't been taught. So God, would you teach us? Would you keep us reminded of the need to plug into you? Even just a moment to say, God, I need you. A moment going through the grocery store. God, thank you so much for providing all of our needs. Going to the bank. God, you have supplied all of our needs by your riches and glory. Driving in the car when someone passes you and cuts you off. God, thank you for keeping me safe on this road. Just lifting your eyes to God's goodness causes you to plug your heart into his. I'm just going to ask you a simple question. What do you need to do to make that change? God, would you just answer that question right now for every single person online or here? God, what do I need to do to make that change? Show me. And if you need to come forward and just bow and pray and seek God to show you what you need to change and lay down, do it. If you need to stay after and talk with me or someone else to figure out what you need to do to make that change, do it. This is a moment that you will never have again. A moment made for worshiping. Let's worship. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.